0: Amen. Well, I'm glad y'all are here. Glad everybody's tuned in all around the world this morning watching us. Uh, a couple of things I want to tell you before we get going. Okay, uh, you know I, I know that y'all, you know, since y'all are here, you probably don't watch the uh, broadcast. But if you do go back and watch the broadcast or anything, you need to go in and, and if you're watching on YouTube, you need to subscribe to the Waterhole Channel. All right. I need to build subscribers. I need numbers. You need to call people up and build me numbers. I need to I need to get over a thousand. So that I have a little bit more control of what's going on right now. They're toying with me They're 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 playing with my mind and I'm not going to have it. So I need a thousand subscribers only have 400 and something. So uh, y'all need to get in there. So just tell somebody that, you know, there may be people watching, but you never subscribe. Just click the subscribe button to the waterhole. Subscribe to me. Call people up. Tell them to do it, whether they watch me or not. Build me subscribers quickly. All right. That's one thing. Second thing is, is, uh, you know. I don't think y'all need me to tell you this morning that we're really in some troubled times. Have y'all figured that out yet? Okay. There are some really, there are really the devil is really overplaying his hand. He's really just showing forth that he's the devil. And uh, there's all kinds of crazy things going on. I mean, it's minute by minute, crazy things are happening in the world. But you know, I just want you to know, before I get into this message and get to time, you, you, listen, the end results, we've already read the end of the scriptures, we win. We're going to win no matter what. We're going to come out ahead. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. We're going to keep the doors of the church open. We're going to keep declaring the good news. If you want to know, if, you, if everything in the world seems to be upside down, just know we will be having church here. It'll be going out. We will be broadcasting, and we will be holding services from now on. All right? That's just a, that's just a if nothing else in your world is set, know at 1030 we're having church. Amen? So I want you to get your Bibles out. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 3 this morning. I want to start reading in verse 8. I want to share a message with you, kind of taken off of what I preached last week, but uh, a little different. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. This is in the New King James Version. It says, to me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, to me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, you know, certain words like that I love, like unsearchable, you know, they're trying to translate it out of the Greek in there. And basically it means there's so much you can't even find it. I mean, like you just keep digging and it just keeps getting better and better the more you dig and the more you search. Okay. The unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see... What is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent now that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places? Now, the word church there, you may already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, the word church there is the word ecclesia and it does not mean and give reference to a building okay it doesn't give reference you don't say oh this is the ecclesia no this is not the ecclesia this is the ecclesia so when Paul is referring to the church he's not referring to a building not the church in Antioch not the church in Ephesus not the church you know in Jerusalem he's not referring to a building He's referring to the body of believers that were gathered and assembled together. Because when you look up the word Ecclesia, what it means is a gathering of citizens called out from their homes to some public place or an assembly. Another uh, version, it says an assembly of the people convened at a public place of the council for the purpose of deliberating. Okay. You have to understand what's going on in the world right now, all right? And I've said this. I've said this over and over and over and over again to you all. The things, forget about looking at what's going on as liberal versus conservatives or or Democrat versus Republican. Forget about all that kind of stuff. Just look at it as demonic versus God, okay? The devil wants to do something on the face of the earth right now and to America. He wants to put on, we already know, I've showed you the scripture over in, in, in 1 Timothy 4, Strong delusions, strong demonic spirits on the face of the earth. People right now don't have any problem lying, stealing, going on, just carrying on or whatever they want to, and they want to tell you that you should just let it happen, okay? But we all know that nothing can produce good from something that started bad, right? If you build your business on a lie, You're going to start a business and you build that business on a lie. That business cannot be successful because you built it on a lie, right? Isn't that what happens to people all the time? They take a bribe somewhere and then then all of a sudden after a period of time it comes back to bite them, right? Because they started it on not a biblical principle. They started it on a lie, all right? You cannot have a presidency built upon a lie, all right? So the enemy knows this, and what the enemy doesn't want to do, folks, listen to me, you've got to wake up and look. I I, I don't know how exactly COVID virus happens, okay? I'm not a doctor. I can't go in there and say all these things, but I have my own suspicions about everything. One thing for sure I can tell you that's odd is it doesn't act like a virus. There's no season to it. Second thing is it's just really interesting, the timing that it came up and everything going on. And like I said before, if it ever was brought out that someone engineered a virus to release upon the American people for political reasons, that person needs to be horsewhipped down the street. That to me is evil. All right. That is the epitome of evil. My point is, because of it, the church is supposed to shut down. Now, what I'm trying to say to you is forget about the politicalness. Because people are being motivated politically. People are being motivated in their ideology. But that that motivation behind it is the devil still sitting there laughing because he wants to kill the church. You got to understand, you got to look behind the scenes. Go Forget about the Green Deal and forget about fracking and forget about us. Go back. Go look behind the veil. Remember the Wizard of Oz? You got to look behind the veil and see who's pulling the levers back there. Well, the one pulling the levers is the devil. And you got to understand the devil hates people, hates humanity, hates all of us. He doesn't love Democrats more than he loves conservatives. He hates everybody. He wants everybody to burn. Right? Y'all with me this morning? Can I get a, get a better amen? Yeah. All right. I just want to know y'all are with me here. You don't just think I'm gone nuts or something. Some of y'all looking at me funny. And so I just don't know whether y'all are saying, oh, God, I wish you would shut up. <laughs> I'm just trying to just preach. I'm, I, I'm Really, I'm feeling as a pastor. Listen, I, I, came, I came to the reality. Like, I don't understand how some, some person can, uh, you know, trip and fall while doing a news report. And that video gets, you know, 26 million hits. And then I'm preaching my guts out here trying to tell everybody the truth, you know, and I don't get that many hits, right? And so it's like, to me, it doesn't make sense, all right? And I know my voice is not as loud as I would like my voice to be, but my voice is to y'all because God gave us all, each other here, all right? All right. But I'm going to make sure that when Jesus comes back, this church is spotless. This church is shining. This church is a church. And Jesus says, man, I know them. Where are the people from living waters? Get them up here, man. We got jewels. We got crowns. We got stuff we want to. I'm going to make sure that we're going to be the best fighting army that there is in the kingdom, even if we're just a, 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 a 300, you know. All right. So. I'm going to teach you everything I can. You've got to understand this. You've got to understand the devil is behind this. Remember, I showed you, and I told you, we all know it's the truth that, you know, you get the whisper in your ear to you're hungry for ice cream. You want to go eat ice cream. You go eat ice cream. You finally tempt it. You you fight it. You give in. You go eat it. And then the devil immediately turns and says, "Whoa, you have no self-control. You are the worthless, most sorriest person. See, he always does that. He wants, he doesn't care about you. Do you think the devil doesn't care about anybody? I laugh. this. I read an article uh, uh, that uh, the Black Lives Matter people are now mad at Biden because he's not doing what he said they could do. And I was like, I'm going to turn on you because you can't use something that's wrong and come out with something that's right. You can't start baking a cake with bad ingredients and come out with a good cake. That's true in life and all of our lives. You cannot build a marriage on a lie. You cannot build anything upon a lie and it's going to be successful. Look at the person beside him and say, man, the pastor, he preaching better this week than he did last week. <laughs> so what he wants to destroy, what, the, what I'm trying to get you to see this morning, what the devil wants to destroy is what is taking place right here this morning, the church. And the church is not this building. It's not this name. It's you, the believers, coming together. Because when you come together, we haven't known this. We haven't walked in this. We haven't operated in the power, but there is power in the in the agreement of the believers. I want to read that same Ephesians 310, but in the New Living Translation. It says God's purpose. And all this was to use the church to display his wisdom, to use the body of believers, to use the ecclesia, to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. What, 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 what? Read it again. He was going to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The New King James Version said, wait, he's going to make manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities of the In other words, the church is in charge, not the devil. But oh, the devil's got us fighting on. It. How much water are we going to use? Well, well, well you know, what time you supposed to have church and splitting churches up and doing things like this? You know, and that, he he didn't do right. They didn't do right, and all the church carpet should have been blue. No, it should have been red. Them chairs should have been red. and The carpet blue, and we got everybody all divided because the devil knows that if the church ever comes together, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, comes together, and we begin to get into prayer and get in agreement, we begin to shake heaven and earth because. We can by the power that's released through the body of believers. Well, I just don't know, you know, I, 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 you know, I just don't know everything, you know, I I don't know pastor, you know, I think getting too political. And then folks, listen to me, politics are involved in this world. We're in this world and we're going to have to live under politics. And so you better get to really get that out of your system. Because I'm telling you what, we've got to be in charge of what's going on. Hello. Hello. And the power's in the church, but the devil wants to, you know, he wants to get it all discombobulated and all mixed up and fighting amongst each other. And so he couldn't get that done. So he said, well, let's just shut the thing down. You can't go to church because you can't sing because you're a super spreader of the coronavirus. And we've got to keep it cut down. But do you know that there is evidence, evidence, evidence that nobody is getting sick from going to church? It's just they want it shut down. Isn't it amazing to me? They're so scared of us, but we don't even know who we are. We're sitting around with an arsenal of rocket launchers and bazookas and machine guns and Gatling guns and cannons and all this stuff, and we're all just sitting around, you know, arguing about. Man, is it time over yet? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> Hello. When all the power's in the church. And what is the power in the church? The power in the church is for believers to pray. I challenged y'all last week to pray three times a day. I'm not going to ask and show hands of who did that, but you better have done it. Three times a day, morning, noon, and night, that you just lift up America. You just lift up our president. You lift up what's going on and ask God to manifest himself. And I told you you could pray it however. So I want to show you something about that. I want you to go back to the Old Testament and I want you to look at uh, Exodus chapter 2 just for a second. Exodus chapter 2. You know, as a pastor, I, I do read a lot of books and I, and, I, and for years, my whole life I've studied and studied everything, you know, uh, uh, faith and prayer and this and that and the other. And, you know, you get... It's just like I said, you go get a review on something, you're going to go buy you anything, an air compressor, and you go look at the reviews, and and there'll be five that says it's the best air compressor ever bought thing, works perfectly, flawless, it's the greatest thing on the world. The other five was put on there and said it's the biggest no-good-for-nothing thing, wish I'd have never bought it. And you're like, well, how do you believe when they just put, when you got five, four, you know, it didn't tell you anything, right? Well... When you're trying to figure out the things of God, you always need to go to the Word and you need to figure out the Word because I've heard everything in, in about prayer and I've heard everything of teachings from different ministers, this and that. And yeah, that's why I always want to go back to the Word. Amen? Because only the Word works. So, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 23 is talking about the children of Israel. And it says, Now it happened. Now, this is when they were in Egypt, in captive in Egypt. It says, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned, everybody say groaned, because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groanings, and, the God, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob, and God looked on the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Now, you know the story goes on. God goes in and sends Moses in to deliver them. But you know that this scripture takes place after Moses was born after they put him in the little ark, after he got into Pharaoh's house, after he was raised in Pharaoh's house. In other words, God already had a man in position to take care of it as soon as the children of Israel prayed and heard their prayer. He already had somebody in position and he already had them in position years ago, having the little midwives. He arranged the right midwives to go to birth the children of Israel, had the right midwife to take Moses down and put him in there knowing that he, she, he'd go float down over there over to, you know, Susie Q and she'd raise him. You're following me? He already had it arranged. And then they came up and he said, okay, I'll do something. <clears throat> go ahead and get Moses. He's ready. Now, if you notice here in this verse, now don't take me wrong. Don't, don't, anybody get your feelings hurt over what I'm about to say. You don't see him. You don't see the children of Israel gathered together as the Ecclesia lifted up their prayer and prayed to the Yahweh, the God of heaven, who made heaven and earth and called down the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and those that lifted and and were were, were causing the problem with with Egypt. And and they didn't address any specific demonic spirits or address any specific things. They simply groaned. And I looked up that word groaned. You know what it means? Groaned. There ain't nothing else to it. It's just as soon as they went, oh. That was their prayer that God heard that delivered Egypt. My point to you is as the Ecclesia I ask you to play, pray three times and to pray something, and if you just simply groaned but directed it to God, He heard your prayer. So if you think, well, I don't know how to pray, I don't really know. Well, they groan. I don't know which principality to call down. I don't know what we're exactly we're dealing with, Beelzebub 1, 2, or 3. Forget about that kind of stuff. Get, quit getting so technical. Just be the body of believers that simply stay here and say, this is, this is it. Let me get over here so you can see. This is it. This is the stance. If you go to any rodeo, you see all the cowboys stand around just exactly like this. I don't know why we do this. You've got to hang your thumbs in your pockets just right, And you just have to stand. This is it. I'm telling you. I ought to make y'all get up and all do it. I don't know what you ladies are going to do, but you know. But you just got to stand. Say, no, I'm not going to move. Because I believe what's coming is a move of God. And I believe we're already seeing this and I'm hearing this. What Brother Ivan's telling me about, you know, just what's going on, because I don't get to go out and go to churches all over the United States and see things going on, and there's miracles and things happening. People are getting saved and feel the Holy Spirit and just coming out, it's just happening, it's happening because people are finally standing up and saying, No, I'm going to church. Well, what are they really saying? I trust in you, God, more than I do anything else. Amen. And people are turning to God, and when they turn to God, man, God moves. Amen. But we got to turn to God. And even if you're just turning to God with groaning, man, that's better than nothing. It got all of Egypt delivered. All right. So it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, I'm going to go a little faster because I need to get to the end of this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal or fleshly. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So here again, we see a scripture of the church supposed to be, because you're the body. Hello? You're the body and you're pulling things down. You're telling things what to do. You're tearing up principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So if a principality ruler of darkness is moving upon people, then you're the one that's going to stop it. Don't put it off on me and say, I saw we pray the preacher for, let him do it. No, it's a body of Christ. It's all of us standing up and saying, no, you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to steal the election. No, you're not going to deceive people. No, you're not going to be crooked. No, you're not going to do this and begin to do that. And I'm telling you, your prayers are heard in heaven. Another scripture, you can go look at Ephesians 6.10. You know, be strong in the Lord. And the power is might. Put on the whole armor of God. It goes through there and talks about that. You can read that. It talks about that. What are we doing? We're, we're for, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers. There again, it tells the same thing. Hello? Now, in Hebrews 8.6. It says that we have a better ministry built upon better promises and covenants than what the Jewish people had because of Jesus. Amen. Now, listen to me. You're going to catch this. I just showed you over there in Exodus that the, it's, God moved on the children of Israel when they groaned because he said he remembered the covenant that he had with Abraham. What about our covenant with Jesus? What about our covenant with Jesus? Jesus. If God moved because some people groaned and he remembered the covenant he had with Abraham and we have a better covenant built on better promises in Jesus and we pray, how much more would God move? This is what I'm saying. Because our covenant's not built on Abraham, our covenant is Gentiles is built on Jesus. Now I want you to, I want you to turn here, 1 John 5, 14. You got to have this one down. You got to have this one memorized. It should be sewn on your eyelids so you can never forget it. First John 5, 14 says, now this is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know what he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now, see, you could be the, the ecclesia who gets off and says, but, but we've we got to know the will of God before we can ask anything. Listen to me. I'm going to show you in just a little bit down in here what's God's will. But get off of that. God, I'm trying to show you, you can have confidence to know that as you as the Ecclesia, the body of Christ, the church, those born-again believers believing in Jesus, under your covenant with Jesus, when you pray, heaven hears. But see, folks, I hate to say it, but sometimes we get religious. And we just say prayers, just, you know... We just throw out some little prayer, some little something. And 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 we it's it's just coming out of our head. You know, it's just something we heard that sounded good, or we read it in a book. I'm telling you, as country people, you should express your heart in your own way to your Heavenly Father. Try to cut out the cussing. I don't think that's going to impress him. Don't get that country. But I think it's okay to go to the Lord and say, gum, Lord, I'm tired of this. This is a bunch of bull. What do you want me? I tell every devil, get out of here. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? And that simple prayer is heard in heaven. It came from your heart. What happened with just talking to our Heavenly Father and having confidence that what we were going to talk to him about was going to come to pass? If you just stopped and said, now this isn't right. But see, this is what we do. Oh, thanks. This is what we do. We go in there and we say, oh, I can't believe that's happening. That's not right. They shouldn't have done that. That's just not right. Is any of that a prayer? Then we go home. We tell our wife, I've had enough. Damn, I'm telling you, they're, gonna, they're not going to let. That's not right. Then we go, go to the coffee shop. Y'all see what happened. Y'all read the article. What's going on right there? I ain't going to put up with that no more. And is any of that a prayer? What we should have done is stop and said, Lord, that's not not right. That's not going to happen. That's a lying, demonic spirit. And I tell you, in the name of Jesus, you can't do that. Oh, now we're praying. Now we're having some confidence because our prayers are being heard in heaven because you're the ecclesia. You're the body of Christ. In other words, I'm telling you, quit complaining about it and pray. Every time you see something you want to complain about, let that be your recognition that you need to pray. If you said, man, that makes me mad, that means you should have prayed. Revelations 5.8 says, your prayer goes up to heaven. and It's kept my bowl. Go read it. Revelation 5.8. I'm going on because I ain't got time to stop messing with it. But go, 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 go on, look at that. I'm just telling you, folks, listen to me. Your prayers are heard. This is where we need to have confidence as the ecclesia that you, you say, well, I don't feel very, I don't feel like I can tackle a devil. Quit thinking about Hollywood. Quit thinking about all that. Folks, if you're doing nothing but 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 rolling balls out in front of the a uh, road so that they'll stumble, you're doing something. You might need, you might not be Michael coming down to cut somebody's head off, but you're causing obstacles to be thrown in the ways of demonic forces throughout the land. And I'll be honest with you, there's so much going on in there and I don't know the legal system. I just know what's right and what's wrong. Hello? And I want to tell y'all something. If you're not cheating, then you should have no problem laying everything out in the open. If you're telling me this thing weighs uh, 1 pound, oh yeah, no it only weighs 1 pound, I guarantee it weighs 1 pound and you won't set it on the scales to weigh it, something's fishy. Hello? There's something fishy with President Trump gets the most votes ever in the history of a president and wins all the minority vote and has the biggest run that's ever been oh but biden got more him i mean come on folks he couldn't even get 200 people in a rally i mean it's just all fishy i know when something's not right something's fishy something's up and if there was any problem you just lay it out in front of us okay but we got to do something. we got to quit complaining. we got to begin to turn around and say, no, you're, you're lying devils. You're not going to do it. I'm not talking about Biden and his, his staff. I'm talking about the devil behind it. Get off of people. Get off of politics. Get to the devil behind it because he wants to kill you. And you want to give somebody a hard time? Turn it on the devil. Well, I don't know what his name is. Call him the devil. Call him a liar. It doesn't make any difference. Grown to heaven. Now, I'm going to go through these kind of quick. Um, Matthew 16, 18. Here's, here's, a, here's a scripture about binding and loosing, okay? It says, "And I say to you, Peter, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Wow! The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Wow! The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You have the power to bind and loose devils. Well, I'm not really a real prayer warrior. You are, because you're part of the ecclesia, and you may just prayer war like lock him up, John." That may be your prayer, but it gets hard because God doesn't distinguish pretty prayers against heartfelt prayers. Now, I'm not knocking. If you've got an intercessory prayer ministry and you understand all this and you've got it all down and you've got all the demons started out and you understand how to do all that and you're going to call, call this principality down and that principality down and you feel like that's effective and that's what turns you on and gets you all fired up, glory to God. But if you're just a simple person and you don't know anything about, you know, nothing except that what's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. And you say, no, that's wrong. We're not doing that in Jesus name. Your prayer is getting heard in heaven. You've got to use it. We've got to be the ecclesia. We've got to be the body of Christ, the power of God on this earth moving forward. The church has to rise up. We need to march as Christians. Hello. We need to sit up, and say, no, you're not going to do this. Listen, we serve God. God is right, righteous, good. This is what we do. We're not we don't want to burn buildings down. We don't want to riot. We don't want to loot your stuff. We'll make our own money. We'll believe God to prosper us in our own way because He said whatever we put our hand to will prosper We don't want to do that. We don't want to hurt you. But we want you to know that we're in charge, not you. My gosh, the scathing things coming out of us Christians right now. I'm telling you, you're, man, it it, it if. I'm believing for a miracle to turn up and this whole thing and God to manifest and everything turn around. But I'm telling you, man, I've got two sermons. Let's just put it this way. i got two sermons for January. All right? One is we're probably going to be painting the church camo, and then the other one is we're hanging streamers and ribbons, okay? So if you go to Matthew 18, 18, he says the same thing. Jesus is talking here, says the same thing, but he says again, he says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father. So then there's the power of agreement. There's the power of agreement. And see, the devil wants to get us in disagreement. But I'm saying, let's forget about the fluffy things on the side. Let's forget about that stuff. Let's get in agreement on the big stuff right here in the middle. Right and wrong. Truth versus lying. Not killing babies. John 14:12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he also will do, because greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask my Father, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In other words, he wants us as the Ecclesia to be doing the works that Jesus did. So if Jesus did it, you should be doing it. Anything you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, He did, do it. Well, what if I pray and nothing happens? Why don't you just pray? I'm seeing things happening to me right now. And I'll be honest with you, something just happened the other day. And, and I was like, Lord, where'd that come from? And he said, you prayed this over 30 years ago. And I'm like, I did. I forgot. I didn't think I stood on it long enough for anything to happen. And he's like, I've been bringing it about for 30 years. And I'm like, man, do I feel foolish? You mean I prayed 30 years ago and it happened, and I didn't think it happened because I didn't see anything happening, and now it happened, and it's always been happening, and I didn't know it was happening. I wouldn't even stand in faith on it, but I prayed it 30 years ago, and now it happened. And he said, that's right. (laughs) And I said, man, I feel kind of foolish, Lord. And he says, I'm just, that's how big I am. Because see, there's a lot of teaching I've had in life is you you got to stand on it, you got to keep on it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. I prayed it 30 years ago and forgot it didn't happen. Ephesians 4.11, it says, Now he gave some, um, yeah, 4.11, he gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind and doctrine by the trickery of men, Isn't it funny that the Bible talks all about demonic things and trickery of men way back? This is not something new that just happened, church. It's called the devil. It's been happening forever. It's 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 gone on forever, folks. This is not something new. It's just new to America because we got lazy and let it happen. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I mean, is that saying, sound like words for today? But speak the truth and love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head in Christ, from whom the whole body joint knitly together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In other words, when we're gonna function as a proper machine, we all have to be engaged to be a part of the body. You, I mean, all of y'all know, if your foot goes asleep, you have a hard time walking, right? You stumble around, oh, our foot's asleep. You can't do anything. Your foot's asleep. So if the foot's asleep in the church, you no, know, the body's still here. The body's still functioning. The body, the rest of me, my arms are still working, but my foot's asleep I can't walk. Well, it's time for us as a body of Christ to all be working together. And we work together by taking on the responsibility, first of all, of who you are in the body of Christ. Well, I don't know. Am I the knee? Maybe I'm the toe. I don't know. That doesn't make any difference. Quit worrying about it. Just start functioning. Christians have spent so much time trying to figure out who they are in the body of Christ when I have learned over it by experience, just jump in the middle of it and start doing something, and eventually you'll start figuring out what works and what doesn't. Years ago, I used to lead praise and worship. I did. you are know, look at me like I'm crazy. I played her the guitar and sang my wife. Is that not true? Just wave your hand if that was the truth. I was in charge of leading praise and worship. She played the piano behind me because she didn't want to get out front, and I sang, and I played. And I never felt really anointed with it. I just did it because I was asked to do it, and I had a guitar, and I could sing. And then, all of a sudden, one day, she starts getting bolder, and she starts getting, you know, flowing in things, and she starts doing it. And one day, we went to play a song, and I looked at her to change the song, and I went to the next song, and she didn't change. She just stayed on the song she was at. And I thought, she didn't hear me. And I looked at her and said, eh. And she's like, no, I sing that, And then we get to the house, and I said, look, who's in charge, me or you? And she said, well, I really think I am, but I'm letting you, and I'm not in the right place, and I think I should do it. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I was a smart man. I said, you know what? I think you're absolutely right. You're in charge now. <laughs> I was doing it, but I was out of place. But you just keep doing it, and then you start figuring out where you fit. Quit trying to take the multitask test of this, that, and the other to figure out this. And that. Just do something. Start praying, start going forward, start speaking, start doing your part, and it's just going to start to fall into line because the body begins to function. But literally the church is trying to figure out how to walk when at this stage of the game we should be leaping upon walls and killing giants. Okay, I want to finish up. Back to the part where I said about, if you, this is the confidence we can have, 1 John 5, 14, 15. This is a confidence we can have in him if we pray anything according to his will. See, people get hung up on this. They say, well, I don't know if I know what the will of God is. Is it the will of God for them to be healed? Is it the will of God for them to die? Is it the will of God for this to happen? Is it the will of God for Trump? Or is it the will of God for Biden? Is it the will of God for this? Is it the will of God for that? So I want to give you some easy things here. I'm talking about praying easy. I want to talk to you figure out the will of God easy, okay? 3rd John chapter 1 verse 1. I'm just going to give you a couple of ones here right now to just know what the will of God is. If it falls in line under that category, do it. Third John chapter one, verse one. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Three things there: physical prosperity. Prosperity in your body, and prosperity in your soul. Is it the will of God for you to prosper? Yes. Is it the will of God for you to be stolen from in taxes? No. Is it the will of God for you to be sick? No. Is it the will of God for you to be crazy? No. Is it the will of God for you to be tormented? No. Hello? Wow, that's a, that's, a big, that's a big deal, but I mean, a big wide spectrum there, but all, a lot falls in there. Most of what you deal with in a day. Second verse of knowing the will of God, John 10, 10. What does it say? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If it falls under the category of killing, stealing, and destroying, it's probably not God. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. If it falls under the category of life, blessing people, enlarging, bringing about something good, it is of God, it's in his will. You're with me? Third one. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Yea, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The third one here to know is if it falls in the category of love and conquering, it's right. It's God. Now, now let me help you on the other side. I want to show you seven things that I guarantee are not God. All right. Go to Proverbs chapter six, verse 16. Proverbs 6, 16. Solomon wrote this, wisest man ever. He said, there's six things the Lord hates. If he says, listen, if God hates these, don't do them. Right. I don't like Brussels sprouts. My wife loves me, so she never cooks them and tries to make me eat them. Because she knows I hate them. You say, Well, hate's a strong word, Pastor. I hate them. I'll go hungry for eight of Brussels sprouts. I'll suck on a rock. Sixth thing the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Why do I stand so strong and hard against abortion? Because it, God hates it. God hates it. And anybody that's for it is an abomination to God. Did you know that President Trump was just about to overturn Roe versus Wade? And he will in his second term. Number four, a heart that devises wicked plans. Now, now listen to me. Some of you say, some of you may be, you know, like my wife and I got to be honest with you. My wife and I, y'all just need to pray for her all the time. Okay, don't worry so much about me. Pray for her that she can keep me on track. Because, man, God put us together and we're so, you know, I'm like, burn the house down. And she's like, Robert, you can't do that. That's not right. You know, And she gets me back on track. That's what she's there for, to keep me, because I always go to the extreme far end, all right? And then she's ha, drags me back, and we meet in the middle, and I had to get her the other day. I said, sweetie, you got to pick it up some. When I go over there, just don't knock me my feet out from under me just right off the bat. Don't just kick my feet right out from under me. You, you got to give me a little bit. Say, okay, well, I'll go get the gas can." You know, let me feel a little better that you're with me in this, you know. And then say, we shouldn't, we can't find matches. And I say, okay, well, let's go to the house. (laughs) It's really the truth. I'm not exaggerating, okay. But can you imagine, I mean, I can't, my mind, see, I am not a wicked person. All right, I, I love righteousness. I love God. I love the things of God. I'm not like do perfect all the time, but I'm just saying I love the thought of righteousness. But I can't imagine what could have taken place. And I know some of you say, you know, you're just out there too far, but can you imagine a room full of people that sat around and devised a plan to steal an election, causing people to be sick, doing all of these things? getting all of this in line, how much it took to get in line, how many people they had to talk and bribe and get and this and that and the other to get all this done for the purpose of just getting what they want. My mind, I can't even understand that degree of selfishness. And when I look at that and I'm just like, like, I can't even, I don't know what to do with it. I mean, like I I I can't put myself there. I mean, they say, yo, Charlie, he got mad down there and punched those so-and-so right in the mouth. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Right? I can understand it. But you just talk about something of this one. It says right here, the heart that devises wicked plans. God hates it. Feet that are swift in running to evil. Did y'all notice through some of the video and stuff went out when they were looting stores, that how, how how everybody, like, you could see there were some people, like, were hesitant, like, oh, we just came in here to protest. Free stuff! We took off running. I saw this one where this guy went into the store. He stole this computer or some kind of a computer or gaming thing or something, and he was so proud he's walking through. He was a big guy, and, he, and then he walks outside, and three guys jump him and beat him up and steal what he had. So I'm like, the thief got stolen from. Ha! I guess that kind of poetic justice there. But what I'm saying to you is there's a lot of people out there. There's 72 million that are right now ready to run to righteousness. Don't be thinking you're alone. Don't be thinking it's just us right here. There's a lot of people out there that are running as fast to God as those that are running towards wickedness don't forget that a false witness who speaks lies I told y'all this that I recently had to do a deposition and and uh, and and when they said you know do you you know solemnly swear to tell the truth and hold the truth I was like and they're like what? so help me God oh we don't have to say that anymore I'm like what? Well, I'm saying it, but isn't it amazing now? You don't even have to tell, you don't even have to have the fear that nobody fears God enough. They're going to lie anyway. But wouldn't it just be great if you could do it and say, no, really, if you lie, you're going to, I mean, fire, get you right here. Can you imagine if that happened? Yeah, I didn't see nobody. <laughs> okay, next witness. <laughs> he did it. I mean, if we just had some of that. I've been talking to the Lord about this. I said, man, Lord, an angel with a giant sword show up. It's just something big. If that just happened, and then it got out in the news. Man lied on stage, on the stand, and was smoked. They swept him up in a dustpan and carried him out. It cut that stuff right out, boy, I'm telling you. A false witness who speaks lies, and the last one. And one who sows discord among the brethren. In other words, breaking up agreement. Do you see what he's saying? Breaking up agreement. I've tried to make it a, 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 a rule in my life that I even if I don't agree with a preacher, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything about it. I'm not gonna argue with him. Unless you know they want to talk to me about it. But I'm not gonna, that's not what I'm gonna I'm not gonna do anything that could sow discord among the brethren. I don't want to have that happen. All right? I'm just going to pray for you and go on. But I'm telling you, in amongst us, and I thank God for this church, man. We have had such a great church in all these years of pastoring up here. We have just been very, very little issues. My point being, why does the devil want discord in amongst the brethren? Because he breaks agreement, and agreements are great power. Last scripture, Hebrews 10, 23. I want you to look at this one. This is what I'm charging y'all to do. You know, I, I, again, in serious note that, that we don't ever really take serious, is like when we do a wedding. When I first started doing weddings, and and I, and I you know, was trying to figure out how what you say and how you do this, and I got the traditional wedding vow deal, you know, at some Christian bookstore or whatever, and, and I started looking at all this stuff and started just trying to figure out what to say. And, and they always came down to, you know, you're making the vows, and you're making the statement of vows, you're making your covenant together, and then it comes down to this thing called the charge. And the minister says to the person, now I saw you today, I'm paraphrasing, now I saw you today, say you're going to love each other, and you better do it. I mean, that's basically it. That's the charge that you're supposed to give to them. But nobody ever listens to the preacher. And I thought one day, what if I could say, I wonder if it would shock them, if I'd have said, now I charge you faith for this day, and because you've made me your pastor in agreement over this wedding, that if you don't fulfill us, I'll come to your house with a stick and beat both of you. And it's not maybe that make any like a little more serious note. Right. Okay, so here here's your serious note. Here's your charge today. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Folks, we have got to stand strong in this day without wavering. Do not get sucked into the illusion. Well, I don't know. Maybe God just wanted Biden to win. I'm telling you, it can't be because there was cheating and fraud going on and God doesn't build his kingdom upon cheating and fraud in the story. That's not what's supposed to be the case. Is he going to get in there? I don't know. I don't know what God's going to pull off, but I'm telling you this. We've got to hold fast, our confession that what was done was wrong because God is a God of righteousness and truth. You got to quit letting don't, I'm like, listen to me, folks. I'm not giving one inch. I'm not going to give an inch because I know bullies. I know bullies. When I was in the fifth grade, when I, when I grew up, seven I was separated, you had the high schooler one and, and then uh, kindergarten through six was in another building and we go over on the playground and I knew the day was coming out there they show up on the side of the hill. and it's me and a few of my friends and all of them and I said, oh God, today's not going to be good." And I knew that I had to fight with all of my heart. I knew that if I gave up, if I let them win, I would be bullied every day. And I knew I had to do something. And I knew even if I got whipped or I got beat, I was going to fight. And I fought. I fought like a wildcat. And they all said I was crazy. And from the rest of that day, from my fifth grade on, no one ever messed with me all the way through high school. But I'm telling you, if you don't stop a bully, and I'm not going to give an inch, I'm not going to give up my Daisy Red Rider. If you don't know what that is, that's a BB gun. They ain't getting my, my, my BB gun. I'm not going to give them an inch. I am not going to stop preaching the gospel. I'm not going to stop the church. I am not going to stop doing things because it says I'm going to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I'm looking to Jesus as the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm believing that he's going to pull off something. He's going to get us out of this mess. He's going to deliver us at whatever's going on. Okay. because it says for he who promised is faithful. My Jesus is faithful. Listen to me, folks. Whatever takes place in Washington, they're going to have to deal with me on down the line. I'm not changing. I'm not going. I'm not going to shut up. They can't shut me off the internet. I'm going to keep going. We're going to keep going. I'm going to keep encouraging y'all. I don't care what they say. We're going to go on. We will not be stopped. Okay? And let us consider one another. You've got to be that way with each other. You've got to have friends. You've got to call your friends up. You've got to drag them up out of the out of the dumps. You've got to get them up out of the ditches. Not for and it says and stir one another. Okay, let me back up and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Why is that in there? Because the powers in the church, the powers in agreement, when we come together. So I'm not shutting the church down because we've got to have a place to meet. You're the church. Church isn't going to be shut down if we walk out there in the parking lot. Maybe a little bit more uncomfortable. Maybe a little bit, you know, uh, breezy. Hello? I've always said that if, if, if church exploded and all of a sudden there was a thousand people up here, I'd just go buy, build me a red iron building right there. I'd just mow the grass down, dig some pillars, put the dill in. Put up a red iron building, just breezy right through, get a top over us, and there we'd meet. My wife says, I'm a crazy. Nobody's gonna want to do that. And I said, Well, we'll just put hay down if everybody to sit on. But I'm just telling you, you're the bot, you're the church. The only way we're not gonna have churches if you're not here. Do you get that? You're the church. And we've got to encourage one another daily. Now, look, this must have happened. You know, in the day, then the the writer of Hebrews says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as in the manner of some. So then some must have stopped assembling. You see that? Somebody quit assembling back then. Oh, I'm getting, you know, I get phone call after phone call about people who are, Upset because their pastors are shutting the churches down. And I understand the things that are going on. I understand the COVID virus. And I understand, you know, sickness. And I, I, I my, my sister works in nursing homes. And I understand all of this kind of stuff, all right? But I'm just saying there's not a choice here. Because I know if I give ground to the bully, it's going to be real hard to take it back. And I ain't giving ground to the bully. But exhorting one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Folks, I'm telling you, we're not living in the last hours. We're living in the last, we're not living in the last days. We're living in the last hours moments. I believe until Jesus comes back. All right. We're not, we're at the end of the last days. We're in the hours, minute times. Any day, any second, I believe God could just turn and look at Jesus and say, go get him. I believe it with all of my heart. Now, with all that being said to you, what I'm trying to stir you in today is you've got to pray, church. We have two weeks, roughly, to see God do a big miracle, and we have got to continue to pray. We've got to be praying three, I'm asking you, three times a day. You know why I figured three times a day would work for you? Because you eat three times a day. You say, well, I don't eat breakfast. Well, you're drinking coffee or something. (laughs) Morning, noon, and the evening. I'm not saying any specific time. I'm just saying three times a day, if nothing else, groan to heaven. He hears your cry. You're part of the body of Christ. Those of you out there listening and watching, you were like 400 satellite churches all over the world. You say, well, it's just me and my wife. You're a church. You're out there. You're part of the body. You're part of the ecclesia. Pray. Don't say, well, I, I'm not a here. No, get in agreement with us. We need more power in agreement with the church. Praying over America. Praying for our president. Praying for there to to be truth. That the wickedness and evil to be revealed. Because if all of this was done in the back room of of something, I want to know who's back there. Hello? I want to know who's back there. So just be praying it. If you're watching for the very first time or if you're in here for the very first time and you don't know Jesus is our Lord and Savior, listen, today is not the day to be messing around to think that, well, I think I'm saved. I think I'm right with God. No, no, no. you better know down inside of your north, you better know that you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. Look, you don't have to join a church because what happens when you ask Jesus into your life, you become the church. But what you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your life. You have to repent of your sins and ask him to come into your life. That's it. And if you'll do that, He'll touch you right where you are. If right there in your home you just cry out and say, Jesus, come into my life, he will right there touch you. So in here, I want to ask y'all just to stand up if you would. And can I have a few prayer people come down, please? If you're in here in the building and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's why we have prayer team people up here. Do not leave this building without getting prayer. If you're out there and you're 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 feeling urged to pray for somebody, or you're you've got something going on in your life and you want somebody to pray with you, that's why these people are here. I want to see this place full. I want to see... Listen to me, folks. Man, start dragging people to church. And if they won't come, drag them. Trick them. Just don't lie. Tell me about lunch afterwards and go take them out to lunch. Do something. But I'm just saying, we're in some serious times and some serious hours here, folks. This is no... This is no namby-pamby thing going on. This is, some, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. This is not just some political deal or oh, whatever. No, it's a big deal. It's about, it's about the, the end of the republic. And then life's going to change for us because you're going to be the first ones thereafter. And then it's going to put you in some very compromising positions. And uh, like I said, that's the message for January. But I just want you to understand... I love you. I'm standing with each and every one of you. But don't take things lightly right now. Pray, groan. Amen? So take that person's hand beside you. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that, Lord, we stand together as the body of Christ here at Living Waters where we gather at the water hole. This is the water hole we drink out of, Lord. This is where we, why we've gathered here, why we've tuned into the video and why we have showed up here. And Lord, I just declare we're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together because we're going to stand strong because we know that the power is in the church. The body of believers praying. And Lord, we declare that we're going to pray. We pray for America right now. We pray for for all the lying and all the, 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 the cheating to be revealed. We pray, oh, Heavenly Father, right now that your hand would be upon President Trump and his family and bless them through all this demonic attack and everything going on there. But Lord, that America would rise as a nation under God in whom they trust, like it says on everything we've got, like our founding fathers put it, that Lord, we'd be a nation that exalts you. So we pray, oh Lord, arise in our midst. Let your enemies, Lord, be scattered and destroyed. And Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we leave this building as still the body of Christ going out into the world. So bless us this week. Give us people opportunity to preach and to share and to do things with. God, we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for if you need it.